0: Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema, uh, episode 53, part 2 of Jurassic Park. So, uh, like I said before, I'm joined by Kyle once again, and we're just going to go ahead and jump right into some more interesting facts. Um, and then we'll give our opinions, and then this episode will be a close. But there was so much information. We've cut, we've trimmed, we've wasted a couple of trees. So, here we go.
1: Absolutely. But happy to be back. Happy to finish this out and get some cool movie facts and give us our thoughts. I'm excited for it. And
0: without further ado, let's go. Jurassic Park. So... Uh, Ray Arnold, who was played by Samuel L. Jackson, always has a cigarette between his lips or between his fingers every time he is seen in the movie. In the scene where he and Moudon tells Hammond that the tour should be halted due to the storm, he is not smoking a cigarette, but has one lit nearby, hence the small cloud of smoke behind him. Him being a chain smoker was carried over from the novel. So he was a chain smoker in the novel, so they actually kept that as part of his character. It's It's, one of those things where, like, like... I guess it was in kind
1: of the middle area, but like nowadays I wonder if they would have cut out the smoking part of his character just because that's not like a popular thing in movies now to have a chain-smoking character. Uh, I don't yeah, know, That's, and that's, a, that's, that's kind question. of an old-school style filmmaking to have a guy that never stops
0: smoking. Uh, Stan Winston, enthusiastic about the new technology pioneered by this movie, joined with IBM and James Cameron to form a new visual effects company, Digital Domain. So, Oh, so they made a whole company. just
1: for, Yeah, that makes sense, because Steven Spielberg just pioneers everything. <laughs>
0: it wasn't Steven Spielberg. It was James Cameron and Stan... Well, well I mean, he well, started, I mean, but yeah, they... Because of this project, right. it
1: kind of brought about, like, bringing about companies, you know.
0: The T-Rex actually had a name, and his name was Roberta, and the storyboards by Phil Tibbet by many fans have accepted Rexy as her name. As of 2004, this animal was officially dubbed Rexy by her caretakers. <laughs> Uh, Rexy was popular in England, given by the fandom. It was suggested to be an official in the mobile game Jurassic World The Game and confirmed in The Evolution of Claire, which released on June 26, 2018. Uh, Clint Eastwood and Marlon Brando were conserved for the part of John Hammond. I can see either one of those playing him. Yeah. Go ahead, T-Rex. I'm pretty Make sure that, my day. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure also in the Jurassic World
1: sequel, they did confirm that Rexy was the T-Rex that comes in the end of Jurassic World as well. At the very end when they fight the um, the super... Yeah, thing. yeah,
0: but you know what? And I was thinking because I watched the one, two, and three recently um, last week. I think, um, but that, but when they that I might be thinking differently because the T Rex that shows up in two when they take the baby. Mm-hmm. Was that from the same island, or did they end up on the other? Was that three where they went to the whole other different island? It was two, I think, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, there was two islands. The one island was the main park, and then the two island was just to make sure they can actually make dinosaurs in the first place. No, no, but and I mean, I'm was pretty, the
0: but was the part two? Was that where they? I'm
1: pretty sure two and three take place on the same island, but it's not. But the it's same not one. the original. It's island. not the original island. No,
0: I'm but it has sure. to be the original island because they go back to the uh, where the fence was and everything in three, don't they?
1: Or no no in three no it's, in three it's a different island from the first one i know that for sure yeah okay. no, that was that was the original like well i know there.
0: two is two because uh jeff Goldblum's like i've never been to this island yeah exactly
1: so the one the, the island the separate island from Jurassic park one is the only go to for two and three for okay. lost world and three well that makes sense then yeah and Jurassic world is its own separate island i believe because
0: i was thinking how many did they oh, only it not
1: Jurassic world is on the on Jurassic one island sorry <laughs>
0: no <I'm> it's <Continuity's laughs> hard yeah uh I was just wondering about uh how many Tyrannosaurus Rex world it was cuz she had a baby you know what I mean so I didn't know so, um, I didn't know if that was the other island but mm-hmm. we'll cover that when and we And top to that it the,
1: the contrast between like whatever like realism is turned like whatever movie is like if it's been have like 25 years you know, how old is a Tyrannosaurus Rex how old would a Tyrannosaurus Rex look? actually live i have no idea you know so it's possible like having an old rexy wouldn't actually
0: make sense well, i don't know if you can't eat if you can't get those little hands up to his mouth right exactly how can you eat it's too tiny uh when dr grant is talking to the boy in the beginning of the movie there is a dinosaur head depicted on the mountain in the back so i need to look for that uh, fred awesome. Sorensen was the pilot who flew the crew off Kuai when the hurricane hit during production he played Jock, the pilot who flew Indiana Jones away in the opening scene of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981, that directed by Spielberg. A cool fact. Yeah, <laughs> That's so awesome. he really was a pilot. Yeah. Classic giant monster films like King Kong, 33, and Godzilla 54, which uh, here in a couple, two weeks uh, from today, actually, the actual King Kong vs. Godzilla, or Godzilla vs. King Kong coming out, you can't wait. Awesome. Uh, but they were both That's major so influences on Steven Spielberg, and the main reason why he wanted to direct it, Spielberg paid homage to Kong in the film with Dr. Ian Malcolm uttering, what have they got in there, King Kong? Also, <laughs> after seeing the Kong puppet on the Universal Studios tour, Spielberg asked the designer to apply the same principles to the movie's dinosaur. For example, smoothness, muscle tone, etc. In the making of Jurassic Park's book, Spielberg described how King of the Monsters' version of Godzilla was an influence, stating Godzilla, of course, was the most masterful of all the dinosaur movies because it made you believe it was really happening, which I agree because it looks so good. Yeah, it's... And I know Best you're a big uh, Godzilla fan because you just brought the whole shin Showa-era
1: Showa film collection I brought here to show off. And yeah, uh, with all a- his artwork and everything. Yeah, it's very it nice. it looks incredible. I love
0: it. Uh, this is the first movie to use DTS, now DataSat de- data set, uh surround sound. Yep. So I thought that was pretty good information. Um, Steven Spielberg wanted the dinosaurs to breathe in and out, pulsing visibly, and the eyes to dilate, like on E.T., Uh, The extraterrestrial because it made them more real and was scary to see. Which I told you, that's I've told it this entire podcast is when she shines that light on his eye and that T Rex's eye is like, and then he gets mad.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's your iconic scene for you, and I totally agree. That's like one of the biggest things in the movie.
0: Uh, Steven Spielberg wanted Judith Barcy for the role of Lex. He previously worked with her on The Land Before Time in 1988. Uh He was shocked to discover, unfortunately, that she'd been murdered in 1988 by her own father. Oh, so that that's like a good twist. Man, that's, like, that, <laughs> that's like right when Land Before Time came out. Man, the same same year. Yeah, that's terrible. That's awful. Maybe we'll have to do a little Let's episode sad, on her. <laughs> uh, well, that was a sad movie anyway. But, it was a sad movie. Um, oh, God, the I did love Petrie though. Uh, sets were constructed on five of Universal's largest surround or sound stages and one enormous Warner Brothers stage. Uh, Stephen Spielberg considered Richard Dreyfuss, who starred in Jaws and Close Encounters, as uh, doc, for Dr. Alan Grant I don't know if I like that I just I don't know if I could see him doing it Which actor? Again? Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. I don't know if i see him as Alan uh, Grant I'd see him more as um uh, With the right haircut maybe? <laughs> yeah uh, Robin Wright was offered the role of uh, Dr. Ellie Sadler Mm-hmm so there's a lot of people. Let me get to this last page. I, it's it's, it's yeah, clear the, that they considered almost everybody. For here we go. Jodie Foster, Sigourney Weaver, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ali Sheedy, Gina Davis, Daryl Hannah, Jennifer Gray, Kelly McGillis, Jamie Lee Curtis, Julia Roberts, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bridget Fonda, Joan Cusack, and Deborah Winger were all considered for the role of Dr. Ellie Sadler. There's more in here, but I know that was just one page it's just at like, the if, end. If, and I was if just you like,
1: were an actor in the 80s, you were considered to play dress Park.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's just it. Um... So, Stephen Spiller studied the effects, uh, sequences on uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, uh, The Abyss from 1989, and young Sherlock Holmes in 1985 to help him prep uh, work for this movie. Cool. Uh, the shooting uh, shooting Grant rescuing Tim out of the tree involved a 50-foot prop with hydraulic wheels. Whew. I don't know if I could uh, be on a fifty-foot prop in the air like that. You know what I mean?
1: You know, I'm amazed I didn't see any data on this, but that, that leads me to suspect it didn't happen. But I didn't. I haven't seen anything about like um, like onset fatalities or accidents or something like that, which just has to be a testament to how well you must be prepared. Well, especially
0: when you're dealing with the gigantic uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex that goes out of control. Like all when it gets those wet. exactly all those hydraulic systems
1: and stunts and everything like that. It's amazing. If, if, it, if it didn't happen, because I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if I heard a new story that it did, but it's amazing if nobody got hurt during the production of Jurassic Park because there were so many literal moving pieces in that production. Right. That's amazing that
0: somebody wouldn't get tremendously hurt. Uh, the gallimus vocals were done with horses, male and female, because the females make interesting sounds when a male horse shows up like a high-pitched squilling. The stampede sound was running horses or cattle getting herded. So you wow. see the two different versions. That's kind of like uh, when you get married. You know, exactly. when he's the high pitch, man just feels like he's been trampled over. <laughs> exactly, Such is luck. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. At the 66th Annual Academy Awards, uh, Steven Spielberg, and this is in 1994, Steven Sp- uh, Spielberg's Schindler's List from 1993 and this movie ...competed for the best sound category, ultimately this movie won. So, how would you like to be Spielberg when you know two movies of yours are going up against each other? Who do you root for? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely
1: got to get... <laughs>
0: The pre-production for this movie lasted for 25 months, so over two years of pre-production. Before anything even happened. Yeah, it has to be part of why
1: it went so smoothly and got, it, got it ahead of schedule, you know.
0: Uh, Anna Chemlinsky and Christina Ricci auditioned for the role of Lex Murphy. Steven Spielberg refuses to record a director's commentary for any of his movies... And that's a shame because I hopefully, before he passes eventually, I would like to see him at least do one of like his most all-time famous movie or whatever it is. I don't care what it is. Just to get inside of his mind what he was thinking here, what he was thinking there. I mean, if anything, at least, like... If Indiana a Jones or something. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like,
1: you know, like, if he doesn't have it himself already made, like, post-mortem, there's got to be some kind of, like, just a huge cabinet full of thousands upon thousands of notes that people oh, put together. Like, surely awesome. those things are together But But somewhere. I don't
0: want it to be like we, we've talked in the podcast at some points is where uh, that stuff's put away in a safe or something, and then it gets destroyed in a fire or uh, flood or something. You know what I mean? I mean...
1: At least at the Indiana Jones stuff, you would think that almost all that stuff has to be at Skywalker
0: Ranch. It belongs in a museum. It literally, you know, and Skywalker <laughs>
1: Ranch is kind of like, just like the, like the standard for like maintaining and protecting Road life. trip,
0: road trip, we need to go. You can't go to Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. I'm sure
1: they right in. Especially Not Skinwalker Ranch, <laughs> Skywalker <laughs> Ranch. Skinwalker <laughs>
0: Ranch. Ooh, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was Steven Spielberg's most expensive movie at that point in his career. Uh, Kurt Russell, again, turned down the role of Dr. Alan Grant due to salary demands. At that time, he's one of the big stars in Hollywood, so, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I mean, when the helicopter lands on the island at around 17 minutes, dummies were used instead of real passengers because of the riskiness of the descent at the location of, I'm going to mispronounce this name, Waiupiana Falls. Sounded Perfect. Good? <laughs> Michael Crichton, uh, Critton was uh, hired Crichton. to adapt his novels for the big screen for $500,000, as we've talked about, but... David Cope wrote the final draft, leaving out much of the novel's exposition and violence, as well as making a few character changes. So, even though Critten did it, like we talked about earlier, because uh, remember I said yeah. I don't know how all of this stuff could have got changed, and we like kind of now to the we same, know at the same because page. it's
1: like that would have been a much darker movie if they kept. So right. much of that stuff. but now we
0: know since David Cope or whatever was on there, then that's easily happened. Uh, there were two animatronic tyrannosaurus built for filming. One was the full body version; the other only consisted of a head and was used for close-ups. Yeah. So. I want
1: to say they actually filled that one out later for the Lost World. I think sure they, they reused oh, they some happen. of those props, and I'm pretty sure because there, there's a scene in Lost World where they have two Tyrannosaurus rexes going at a, basically um, at a bus. And I'm pretty sure they reused both props simultaneously. Then they, like built the other one out more, uh, flushed it out a little
0: yeah, bit more to be more of a t- yeah, literally flush it out. <laughs> um, although sickly in the movie, a Triceratops could in reality successfully battle a T Rex. Yes, you know Triceratops didn't exist. <laughs> But, I know, but still, we have technically. Don't start. (laughs) Don't tell me the Triceratops didn't exist. You're going to start a war in here. It's
1: a a bone mold thing. Yeah, it's it's dumb. Oh, no, here we go. Something like a Triceratops
0: existed, but not uh, as an individual species. It was just an elephant (laughs) with a horn. Okay. Um, The helicopter used in the movie was later involved in an accident in Hawaii in March 2001. In the accident, the chopper dropped 10 feet to the ground, bounced back up, and then tipped on its right side. Oh, wow. So... You gotta Yikes. be careful with those. No. Uh, the raptor hatching scene was envisioned with someone holding the egg first. So mm-hmm. uh, you remember when um uh, Rich Hammond is holding, is right. watching the eggs, and insists upon watching every birth. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was actually somebody was supposed to be holding it when it hatched, but I do believe you said something where. Yes,
1: I, I have a fun fact about this on my side over here. It turns <laughs> out the the hatchling's egg was made out of wax with a layer of Saran wrap laid on top of it, and the hatchling was modeled by a, was molded by Greg Fiegel. and the puppet had to be puppeteered by over seven people simultaneously to actually get the whole arms moving right and the head moving right to look like a
0: seven people, man. seven for just that little could bitty. You,
1: could you imagine how? sophisticated his little animatronics had to be and how tiny they had to be well to i'm just saying right. uh
0: i think of the hutt and uh, return of the jedi had six people moving him as a puppet yeah and I, this little guy is taking seven seven people to move right all the appendages all in sync and moving them together like yeah. i guess his eyes and all that you know yeah. you'd have to be all in sync yeah you know, like i
1: was already in like thinking of, like modern uh like how people animate grogu probably like similar size and in, in terms of complexity of the animatronics so right. it's, it's amazing that they got that done back in 1993 when it's a challenge even today
0: exactly Yeah. You know. um when uh, it says a Steven Spielberg film at the end of the movie, listen closely. You will hear the slightly modified five tones from Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977.
1: That is incredible. Right. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna have to rewatch go... it just to get that.
0: i are going to cover that movie uh, <laughs> eventually. Uh, William Hurt was offered the role of Doctor Grant, but he turned it down without reading the book or the script. So they're just like eh, no, no, thanks. I, don't... I got plenty of stuff going I don't... on. Well, I mean, it was. It seems like a long shoot. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean it, you know. And I don't know how many of those pre-production meetings some of the cast had to be in, but if they had to be in any of them, that's a long time. That's a huge commitment. I mean, I, I, you know,
1: I mean, you hear a lot of sort about of that, like, oh, I can't believe this actor turned down this role, but in reality, it's like they got busy lives themselves doing all that kind of stuff. Right. And like, if you got stuff going on, you don't want to sign on for like six different things only to
0: be committed to it a year later and realize like I am overwhelmed. You know, right? Um- Michael Crichton's original idea for the screenplay was about a graduate student who recreates a dinosaur. (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh, He continued to wrestle with this fascination with dinosaurs and cloning until he turned it into a novel. Steven Spielberg first learned of it uh, uh, in October of 1989. So that's how long this has been. Uh, talked about going on <laughs> cloning dinosaurs. That or sounds like
1: it could be a totally fun movie in itself too. Totally separate, just like high school or college kid makes their own dinosaur backs. Yeah, you like, imagine like a, it's a, a, good a
0: co- college kid, a freshman in college, a big yeah experiment goes wrong. And that sounds gotta, like half a dozen cartoons
1: I watched as a kid. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the animatronic raptors used in this movie were given the names Kim and Randy by the crew. So Kim and Randy were Kim the name of the raptors. Raptors. Mm. Oh, here we go. Here's some more people for Dr. Ellie. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Heather Graham, Lisa Renee, Renee Zellweger, Kim Raver, and Mariska Haggerty were all among those who the role of Dr. Ellie Sadler. Uh, in the special features for The Fly in 1986, Jeff Goldblum revealed that he first met Martin Ferrero at the airport for their flight to Hawaii. Ferrero then suggested that it should be Malcolm who dies and Gennaro who lives. This is, in fact, how it went in the novel. Malcolm ultimately dies of his injuries, and and, uh, Gennaro, who is not present for the Tyrannosaurus sex because he stayed behind with Ellie with the six Segatorus triceratops, lives and helps Mudan get the park running again, much of which uh, was given to Ellie in the movie.
1: Man, yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of crazy how much actually the books and the movies diverged. Almost Did you read from the the, first you read book. this book? Yeah, uh, I read it in in middle school back when. <laughs> middle school, yeah. Man, yeah. a little bit of a violent movie, to, a violent book to kind of read in middle school. I don't right. remember how I got it actually. But uh, it's, when, it's, it's good.
0: When Gennaro runs to the toilet to hide from the T Rex, he passes a sign which says "No feeding, flash photography, or yelling." This group does a form of all three in the moments leading up to the attack because the member of the little girl. Flashes it, yeah. And, yeah
1: flashes the light,
0: and they uh, they feed the T-Rex with the lawyer, right? <laughs> and then uh, he was yelling too when he <laughs> sat on the toilet. Or, hey, uh, hey, jump both yeah. them yelling. <laughs> uh, Michael Keaton, Bruce Campbell, Johnny Depp, Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and Michael J. Fox were all screen tested for the part of Doctor Ian Malcolm. Michael Keaton, I think, would have been great. Michael Keaton, well, Mom Keaton, perfect in everything he does. Michael Keaton's a perfect yeah, it's actor. One of my favorite. Um, Johnny Depp probably could have pulled her off. He would have had that. that same that's the Schoenberg one. Bloomberg mo- too. Johnny Depp is
1: the one I'm most interested to see. Like I, I'm trying to imagine what he'd be like in that. And that's a totally different. That's a different character, but also. A good and
0: character. look, it's my last page of notes. Uh, Laura Linney auditioned for the role of Ellie Sadler. So, ter- uh, Terrence, I almost called you, Terrence. Slapping oh, me upside the face and called me. I'll. Now I'm going to mispronounce everything. Let's go shutdown. ahead and go to your stack of notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, some other fun facts about the movie: um, a team of paleontologists, a team of paleontologists at the University of Copenhagen, determined that after one and a half million years, the nucleotide bonds of the DNA would be too short to get any meaningful data out of, and dinosaurs had to gone to extinct 65 million years ago. So any um, nucleotide bonds between their DNA are most likely like unsalvageable. A finding which has no bearing on a fictional story, of course, but it's still right. an interesting fact of, like, you know, like, the idea of getting the dino DNA... Just uh, wouldn't kind of work like that. But speaking about the dino DNA, the scene where Mr. DNA is discussing the creation of dinosaurs and lists the genetic code that flies along screen, this is not dinosaur DNA, but it's also not random. The DNA belongs to a um, restriction enzyme, which is the circle DNA used in E. coli to defend itself against viruses. Oh, wow. Yeah, really kind of random fact. They should get a real you know, DNA strand for that whole sequence. And it was, and it was the first fully completed sequence of DNA, the E-coil lag defense Mm -hmm. mechanism. So pretty cool fact there. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that one a lot. Um, okay, another fun fact about Cameron Thor, he had uh, previously already worked with Spielberg on the movie Hook back in 1991, he initially auditioned for the role of Malkin before trying out for the role of Dodgson. Thor said about Kassadin, uh it just said, shaving cream can in the script. So I spent endless time in a drugstore to find the most photogenic can possible. I I went with Barbersaw, which ended up in the movie, <laughs> but I was so broke that I took the can home after the after the audition and just used it by myself. <laughs> so... Uh, tough to be an actor I'm sure (laughs) that's here um, around the, near the end of the movie, uh, Hammond repeatedly tells everybody very proudly, we've spared no expense. And after the park goes completely down and everything goes bad, um, his blood children and Dr. Grant go missing. He talks with Dr. Sattler. He tries to explain the park to her and she out that the park was always doomed and, cle- and, and, Hammond is completely broken by this. And she tries to make him feel better by complimenting the ice cream. And once again, he says, without any of this previous pride, we spared no expense. Mm-hmm. Sad John Hammond. Yeah, it's got to be tough being a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> or however, you got to be a trillionaire to make right? More than that, I think.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I mean, because you remember, and he's like, he goes to see uh, <laughs> another funny part of that movie is when he goes to see Alan and uh, the lady, uh, mm-hmm. Ellie, and uh, they go to that thing. And he's like, oh, you know, he's popping champagne. He's like, he's like, oh, what's this? He's like, uh, yeah. He's like, well, we want you to come down here and look at this island, or whatever, you know. And he's yeah. like, Nice, no, I don't think. This. He's like, well, I'll fund your thing for the next three years or yeah. whatever. He's <laughs> like. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> I saying, like, he's part of the funding group that
1: gives him like $50,000. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, funny enough, like, they never actually go into length to explain how he could possibly afford this right. like, like You can't even, like you can't conceive it's of that It's almost like money. he's
0: got so much money, he doesn't even know what even to do Even if with. you're
1: Bruce Wayne rich, you're not doing that kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park thing, so they don't even bother it's like, just like No, he's rich, even though no one could possibly be Jurassic Park rich. Right. I mean, that's like Scrooge McDuck levels of money, actually, I think. Scrooge McDuck.
0: <laughs> See so you just swimming in the big vault of money. <laughs> exactly. that's <what> <laughs> oh, that's a good image
1: of Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> that's your diet. Dinosaur experts Jack Horner and Robert Baker were consulted before making the movie. Uh, both were also name-checked in the novel itself. So Michael Christian Michael Crichton worked with both of those people on the book and on the movie. Oh, let's see here. One facts. One facts. One facts. Going through the papers, guys, looking for cool stuff. Um. Um, so, fun fact about the Velociraptors. They they play a major role in the film, despite only like appearing at the very end. But the creature's depiction is ultimately not based on any actual dinosaur genus in question. Which all was also significantly smaller. So, like, a real Velociraptor was, like,
0: the size of, like, a little more than, like, a turkey, basically. Yeah, I think it was, like, 16, or, uh, let's see, 12, it's, like, between, 18 inches. Between, I think, like, chicken and 1. turkey 1. levels. 1.6 like... meters, I think. This yeah. Was some some yeah, small.
1: Yeah. So, basically, overgrown turkey. Yeah. <laughs> No, and probably just as dangerous. <laughs> um, but surely before Drifbert's, um theatrical release, the similar Utah raptor was discovered, although it proved an even bigger appearance than the film's raptor. So there is a it is a raptor that, that is bigger than the Voss Raptors in the film. What are they going
0: to call it like? U, 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 Utorius uh, it, Spielbergius or something like that? That sounds like an awesome name. No, I'm serious. I, I think I, I read that. I think that was in my notes somewhere. I just skipped over it. I thought. Oh, I don't think it's. uh, It's
1: not mentioned here, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, it, the official name for it did end up being just Utah Raptors,
0: uh, which I okay. think
1: is actually a name of a basketball team. I
0: think that too. That's Toronto Raptors and Utah Jazz, but you're close.
1: Oh, you kind of. I don't do the sports thing, so you know be <laughs> better than me. Yeah. Um, um, like <laughs> well, another fun fact here. Um, so, um, Wayne Knight playing Nedry, of course, he was tasked with bringing 15 different dinosaur embryos um, to. Dodson, Dodson, everybody. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Um, but as you see in the film, there's actually only seven species currently on the island. So that means that, um, you know, even though the Jurassic Park had kind of the idea of sequel plans and all that kind of stuff, there were dinosaurs they intended to put into the original film and of the sequels that they just didn't get around to, and Nidri early had DNA samples from all 15 when they only had seven in the film. And that includes the Bronchiosaurus, the, oh, wow, why did I start doing this? The Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus Rex, the Lagosaurus G- Galalimnus, the Lost Raptor, and the Perilosaurus. Hopefully I pronounced those right, so probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and never, you know, more planned, but the park was, you know, abandoned, so they never got to finish those. That's here. Oh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but the, uh, Noraki Losai, director of the early Gamara, Gim. Gamera films um, or like kaiju works considered this the greatest monster film made because it was pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. So that was high praise from one of the um, forebears of uh, original kaiju films. You know, uh, Gamera is one of the also one of my fan favorite kind of things. Of just like a good Godzilla relative, basically. So I really appreciate that. And with that, I've come to the end of all my notes. So what? I believe we're time to move on. To Kyle, give me your thoughts on the movie. Kyle Watson, this is an iconic film. What can you not say about Jurassic Jurassic Park that hasn't already been said? Because it's just, it is. You know, even though it came out the year I was born, you know, it's. I I know the impact of it everywhere. Like, you know, every movie is, um, every movie today is in some way inspired by Steven Spielberg's work and Jurassic Park specifically, because it is just the ultimate trendsetter in so many ways. So, I love the film, and I uh, can't get enough of it. I watch it any time I get a chance, and I think everyone should watch it. It's like watching, you know, it's up, up there with, like, Ghostbusters, Titanic, or any other great movie you can think of. You know, it belongs on the list of greatest movies of all time. So, Jurassic Park, I love it. What do you think, Jimbo?
0: Now, I've always loved Dinosaurs. I've always been a big, a, a big uh, like, Tyrannosaurus Rex fan. Um, I've always loved, you know, you always sit there and you kind of imagine, like, um, I, I go back to when... Um, What was the name? uh, Land of the Lost. You know, I mean, even though it was cheesy with the claymation dinosaurs and all that, always was a big fan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, anytime, like, uh, the dinosaurs on TV show, I loved it. Um, Anytime there's anything to do with dinosaurs, I'm usually a big fan. I wasn't too thrilled with the... I'm a teenage dinosaur, or whatever that cartoon was. You know, <laughs> where they transformed yeah. into dinosaurs, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the uh, Transformers when they trained, uh, transformed into the uh, Dinobots, Beast Wars. Uh, yeah. No, no. But D- I like Beast Wars. No. Well, I know you would, but you're young. Uh, <laughs> Jimbo, you're so wrong about this. But but any time any that a, a they do something new in a movie, and when they did this movie, just from being you know watching all those Godzilla films and King Kong and. And all those monster films. Um, I'll watch any cheesy monster film, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. And here. when you've seen these monsters on the screen, these dinosaurs, that Tyrannosaurus Rex, man, I'm telling you, that scene where the the pupa dilates, I really thought that that was a real d- dinosaur sitting there looking into that car. Yeah. And just the way that he would walk around, you know, and just the, the wars, I think they got all the... What I envisioned as the sounds of the different dinosaurs, mm-hmm. um, the Dilophosaurus or whatever, where he you know he gets in the car, you know he's real he's real like playful, you know what I mean. And then when he gets in the car or the jeep, you know Wayne Knight he gets in the jeep, he says, hi, you stupid, I'm getting out of here, you know. And you yeah. he, sees that and he, he sees him, yeah, flare you know, out, and flare and, out, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, because even though he looked cute, he just uh, he tore that guy to pieces. Yeah, um, And I love how it was open-ended for a sequel. Because if you remember with Wayne Knight, he drops the shaving cream and he goes in the mud. So you know it's buried in the mud. Yeah, So they left that door open. Now, do I I, want, I kind of always wondered if they knew it was going to be as big of a hit as it was because it turned into a massive, I, massive hit. I, I don't think anyone could predict that like it's going to change the whole world. But but, but Spielberg offered what was it one point five million for the script to the or rights to the book before it was even published. Yeah, I mean I, that's saying something. Yeah, it, I, it must have caught his attention because he's like, I need man. to do this. And since he had already done Jaws at one point in life, he was already used to animatronics and you know big monster mm-hmm. movies so yeah love it um i think everybody should see it it's definitely probably in the top 100 movies of all time easily easily easily. uh but definitely in the top probably top 10 grossing movies of all time i don't know now with all the marvel movies but it still might be the film industry has grown such a
1: point that it's kind of it's an unfair comparison to say that right portionally it still is like oh yeah definitely uh
0: fantastic so and uh, i know terrence liked this movie too um So, uh, maybe we'll catch his feelings on one of the upcoming episodes this season. Hopefully we can. We'll see what we can do. Um, But other than that, um, be on the lookout because we got stuff planned out for the next three weeks at least before we sit down and record again. Um, Also, keep track of the uh, Twilight Zone series. Uh, We're trudging our way through season one. We're almost done. I think we got uh, seven episodes left of season one to cover. Um, If you'd like to follow us in our Facebook group, it's the Tragedy of Cinema podcast group on Facebook. We'd love to have you. We have all kinds of fun in there. Um, Also, if you'd like to send us comments or questions um, or just welcome, congratulations, Kyle, to the team, uh, you can send them to the tragedyofcinema at gmail.com. And also, something else is new. If you have an iPhone or a Google phone, Android, um, you can download the Stereo app. Um, you can find me there, uh, James Barnes. You can follow me. Um, it's basically like if me and Kyle go live, um, It's we're one-on-one, and it's just like we're talking right now, and we go live, you have a chance to push a button, and, and you can talk for up to three minutes where we can ask a question. You guys can uh, send that to us and we can hit play and your voice will go out um, over the air too. Yeah. Um, it's a good way to interact with the fans. I think everybody will really enjoy it. I think it's I, something I, that will promote this podcast and yeah, pop it out in the future.
1: I, I, I'm a, me and Jumbo and Terrence sure, are very interested in trying to get more content on there and see if we can do more live featured content to entertain you guys and you know, interact with the little community making the right, past right. few years. Um, so. and,
0: and if you haven't told anybody, please tell a friend. I know I've put some stuff up at work and the downloads will just keep going higher and higher and it's, it's pretty awesome and actually amazing that just from my little studio here in my house that we're going across the world, um, well, we love all you guys. Um, it's just something that movies that I'm passionate about, I know Terrence enjoys, and I know Kyle is very passionate because we used to work together, and he would we would talk nonstop about movies for any time we could when we worked together, breaks, mm-hmm. um, when he was training me supposedly, we would talk about
1: movies. Yeah, 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 it's training, um, in quotes. Right, so we went through a
0: lot of stuff together, so um we're glad to have you on board and uh, just get ready because we're about ready to get this ship righted and i think we got a good plan in, in place now where more content will be coming out so skipping months before episodes come out so um 2021 is all...
1: gonna be the best year yet for the tragedy cinema podcast yes well none well kyle says that but we'll see
0: <laughs> we say <laughs> that the kyle quit in four months or four weeks Um i quit now <laughs> Well, with that being said, I think this has been an, an extra long episode. But when you have an extra long episode like this, you want to make sure you cover at least all the interesting facts that you find that you think people should know about. And, Jurassic Park deserves it, frankly. Yeah. You know. So, also, our two-year podcast anniversary is coming up, I believe it's April 9th. Um, so, if you would like to send us an audio clip, uh, send it to the Tragedy of at wishing us happy birthday, happy second birthday. Or whatever you want to do, send us an email. I'll read it on the air that day. Um, we will be covering uh, for that week. I think it won't drop till that, the thirteenth, but we are going to be doing Star Wars. It is something that we have talked about doing since the beginning of this podcast. Um, Kyle's a and, fan. Terrence is a huge fan. I'm a diehard. So of course, um, it'll be another longer episode. It'll probably be two episodes long, like this one, maybe At three. Least. Yeah. Because there's so much to talk about and want it meant to each one of us. So be on the look at that. If you'd like to participate in that, we'd love to have you guys uh, write in and, and or send audio clips. And that way we'll put them in there and we'll just have fun like we did back when we did, uh, oh, what was that terrible vampire movie? Uh, the Lost Boys. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they'll be coming out after I'm me now. But, uh, yeah, just, there's two things you always got to remember. Lost Boys sucks. Man. and <laughs> Lost Boys is terrible. And yes, number one. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> and with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close. And that's a wrap. And, and cut.